Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Payne Show. I feel very honored to be having this conversation with Jillian Benfield today. She's the author of The Gift of the Unexpected. Her subtitle is Discovering Who You Are Meant to Be When Life Goes Off Plan. And I had never heard of her before when her publisher came and pitched the idea of having her on the podcast. But as soon as I read about her, I knew I had to have her on the podcast because y'all... She and I both have something that is really special that is in common. We both have a son who has Down syndrome. And I feel like instantly when I meet another mom who has a child with Down syndrome, you just have this connection. There is so much that you have walked through and experienced and gone through that it just bonds you. And so this book, she shares her journey of this gift of the unexpected. And Jillian, I am just so grateful for you and your vulnerability in this book to to share the process because it wasn't an easy journey, especially in the beginning. No, no. It was um, full of a lot of grief and a lot of unlearning that had to happen because of that grief um, and a lot of learning. And um, yeah, it was a long journey. I mean, I'm still on, of course, but um, always going to be unlearning and learning. But um, those initial few years were were really tough. Mm. And in this book, you're really giving readers a gift, a gift of being able to pull back the curtain and really walk with you through what it's like to get this phone call that mm-hmm. completely changes your life. And you talk mm-hmm. about the before and the after. Mm-hmm. And whether people listening have a child who has disabilities or they have something that is completely different where they have ex- just experienced the unexpected, or maybe they're in a season of waiting for that phone call or knowing that there's a possibility that something really unknown and unexpected is coming. This book can really encourage anyone who is walking through that. But I'd love for you to kind of take us back Mm -hmm. to you were newly married, you had your first child, Mm -hmm. and then life just kind of, in a sense, unraveled. And you you had this vision of how it was going to be, and it didn't quite turn out like that. Tell us us just a little bit about those first few years and then just getting this phone call. Yeah. So I'll take you back to uh, 20... 12. We had just had our first child, Violet, and um, my husband had just graduated dental school and he took an Air Force scholarship to pay them back. And so I thought we would do this one year residency that he had to do in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, And then after that one year, I would go right back to TV news. Um, Well, then we get a phone call on May 8th, 2014. Sorry, I guess I should have started in 2013. Um, And the phone call was from my husband and he said, um, we're moving to Alamogordo, New Mexico. And I said, Andy, where is that? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> and I got off the phone and I Googled it and I cried all day 
because I don't know if your readers know this, but or your listeners know this, but there's not even a Target in Alamogordo, New Mexico, let alone a TV news station. And so I was just devastated because my identity was so wrapped up in what I did. Mm. Well, later that same very day, I had this whisper. This whisper was telling me to take a pregnancy test. And we happened to have an old one that made the cross-country move with us. And I took it and we were not trying at all. It was a total surprise when I looked up and saw the word pregnant on the screen. And I slapped my forehead in shock and I started doing that scary laugh cry thing, you know, that you do when life is just ridiculous. And I thought, okay, God, okay, I get it. You want me to be a stay-at-home mom? I get it. I thought I had it all figured out. Well, then we moved to Alamogordo. And there were more tears because it was just like we pictured it (laughs) in the middle of nowhere. But eight days later, it was time for my 20-week ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that the tech was taking a really long time. And um, finally, she got her measurements, flipped on the lights, thanked us, walked out. doctor walked in. And he explained to us that there were several markers on the ultrasound that indicated that our child had a higher chance of having a trisomy. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, it means that your child has a higher chance of having Down syndrome. And my back just broke out in fire. And I just remember the words, I can't be a special needs mom. I can't be a special needs mom. Just going over and over again in my head, like a skipping CD. Um, Because that was definitely not a part of the plan. Um, So anyways, uh, we got blood work done. And 10 days later, um, something like that, I get another phone call from my husband And he said, the doctor called, it's not good. I'm coming home. And I just remember my heavy 21 week pregnant body just falling to the kitchen floor and the words, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. This doesn't feel real. This doesn't feel real. This doesn't feel real. Just coming out of my mouth. Um, And finally, Andy walked in and I followed him to the bathroom because I could tell he was going to get sick. And after he did get sick, um, I remember him laying his head on my chest And I just remember his hot tears just rolling down my shirt. We both had just turned 27 years old. Mm. um, And we were just in shock that something like this could happen to us. And we knew that the test was positive for something, some trisomy that was going to be life altering, possibly deadly, but we didn't know what. And we had to go into the doctor's office to get the official results. And um, he finally walked in and he said, well, it's not good news. Your child has a 99.9% chance of having Down syndrome. And it's normally at times like these, people want to talk about their options. Like, okay, what options? And he said, option one, you terminate the pregnancy. Option two, you continue your pregnancy at the high-risk doctor. Okay. Uh, it, can you tell us about Down syndrome? Like, what, is, what does this actually mean for his life? And he seemed surprised by the question. And he was like, oh, uh, well, at worst, he'll never be able to feed himself. And at best, he'll mop the floors of a fast food restaurant one day. But don't worry, don't worry. You don't have to be a hero. Uh, you can have the baby here and we can keep him comfortable, but we don't have to do anything drastic to save his life. Mm. So in other words, we could have our baby to keep our consciences clean, but we could let him die of natural causes. So the doctor led us to believe that our son would not have a life worth living. And so I really grieved as if a death had taken place. 
And it would take me many weeks and months to realize, though, that I had more in common with that doctor than I wanted to admit. And that's really what the book is about. It's about unlearning what we need to unlearn when the unexpected happens so that we can become the fullest version of ourselves that I think God desires for us to be. Mm. I just have to ask, do you know if how the doctor approached it with, I was honestly just shocked when I read the part of him saying, like, I hear a lot that when people get this news, they'll say, you know, you can terminate the pregnancy or here's what it could look like. But I've not heard of a doctor saying you can just let the baby be born, but then we will just kind of let the baby die of natural causes. Is that common? I don't think so. I, I think that my case is a little bit on the extreme side because it's illegal. <laughs> that's not that's not an actual option. Um, however, I did do some work with a nonprofit called the Down Syndrome Diagnosis Network. And I would say that overall, the diagnosis experience that I had is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. That negative diagnosis experiences are very common. Mm-hmm. And um, thankfully, there's a lot of work being done in that area. But um, yeah, my story is not, it, it's uncommon in the extreme part, mm. part of it, but it's not uncommon. Mm. And so you get this news. One of the things that I thought was so interesting is you came from TV. You came mm. from like this profession where it's all about appearance. It's mm. kind of what I, at least that's my perspective. Maybe that's a <laughs> warped perspective. I mean, I think um, maybe not just like physical appearance, but like, I was a journalist, so it was uh, kind of cutthroat, right? I mean, image conscious, n- not only in appearance because it was, mm-hmm. but also um, just being the best and the first and all of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to get this diagnosis that, at least from my perspective and from what you know, I hear a lot, people just think of Down syndrome as like this negative, almost like a... I hate to say, but almost like a death sentence on your child. Like Mm -hmm. they, they're not going to have this life that is really worth living. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, it's kind of like people just are constantly to me, they're like, oh, like, like they're so sad for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And I, I was one of those people. Um, I really had no experience with anyone with Down syndrome Um, but I think because of the society in which we live, where we are ruled, whether we know it or not, often by the American dream, um, where if you try hard enough, uh, that you can become whatever you want to become and that, um, you can achieve the success of this world. It's up to you, right? And success in Americans' eyes, I did a piece on this in the book, it's relationship status, it's income and it's education. So if I had a child outside of the norms who couldn't achieve, couldn't work hard enough and maybe achieve the things of this world, how is he going to have a successful life and therefore a worthy life? Because I unknowingly had tied those two things together. And I think so many of us do. Mm -hmm. And so I think no matter what your unexpected thing is, uh, it doesn't have to just be a child with a disability. 
I do think that the unexpected offers us an opportunity to separate those two things. Because when something happens outside of your control, um, you have to take a step back and maybe, maybe your worth, you are questioning your worth, but you shouldn't be because our worth has nothing to do with the amount of success we can achieve in the world's eyes. Mm. This quote that I highlighted, it said, you see who I was on the shower floor that night when you were processing through just this diagnosis was someone who had let the world tell her who she was. Somewhere along the way, I'd absorbed the message that my worthiness came from my ability to perform. That was my armor. If I could just outperform the person next to me, if I could make it look like my life was perfect, if I always looked my best, then I would be worthy of connection and praise. So powerful. And I think for me, the last few years, the journey of foster care and um, adopting a child with disability and just all of that, it has really made me confront a lot of things of where I did like my ducks to be all in a row or mm-hmm. for people to think that my ducks were in a row. Mm-hmm. And and God has just used this to really be like, I cannot have my ducks in a row. And that's such a good place to be because mm-hmm. it's like there that I am needing Jesus like never mm-hmm. before and mm-hmm. leaning on him and also needing to accept help from other people. Yeah. Like I cannot physically do, I I think of so many times when I'm places and I have three young children and I can't do it all myself. And and usually I'm the kind of person I feel like I resonated with how you were, you know, kind of like, I can do it myself. Like I got this. Mm -hmm. And to, for God to put me in a place where it's like, you, you literally can't. So you're going to have to accept my help and other people's help. And it's, it's been so good, but it is so hard. Yeah. It is hard. I, I think, you know, you mentioned like it brings you to a place where I think one of the, the greatest gifts about this was it, I think I had always had this like picture of shiny Jesus in my mind. Um, Cause I think that's what we learn so much in America is um, we want Jesus ascending from a hill. We want Jesus who um, makes all things right in an instant. Right. Um, but what this taught me was it it connected me to the Jesus that came here as a baby, so vulnerable with no titles attached to his name, that came here to suffer for us, but also with us. And that level of solidarity with that Jesus, the full Jesus, was something I had never experienced before I had experienced the unexpected. Mm. You also say the baby growing inside me would strip me of my armor. He would out me. He would show me a better way and he would teach me how to show up just as I am. My body was shaping him, but one day he would shape me. And oh, I can relate to that so much. When David came to us, he had a cleft lip and palate and, you know, he didn't look like this beautiful, cute little baby. And um, my husband talks a lot about how he needed surgery and like we could only see like how he needed to be quote fixed. Mm. We didn't know that we were actually the ones that needed surgery on our hearts and needed to be fixed. And he has been the one who God has used to really fix us so much and change us. And, and it's just been such a gift. And I know that you've walked through 
through that as well. So tell us a little bit then. So you, you get this diagnosis, you're processing through all of this. Was there before you had him, like where, where was your heart? Like, had you gotten to this place of peace before you had him? I would say the month that I had him, which was ended up being December, I had started to take turn a corner um, where I had gotten to this place. And I I talk about the scene in the book that actually the night that I had him, that I thought I would pray to God one last time uh, for healing. And I closed my journal and I realized that God had said no to that prayer and that I didn't even want that answer to be yes anymore because I was ready for not only this baby, but a baby with Down syndrome. And um, like you, I, I thought that he needed to be healed, but it would take me um, a couple of weeks into him being earthside um, to realize that um, we, I, I still needed healing. And that was a process. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and still ongoing, of course, but no, nothing has shaped me quite like my son with down syndrome. And I do think that, you know, although there are some unexpected circumstances that I'm sure your listeners are, are have, um, that they would take back if they could. And, and that's understandable. I do think that no matter what those unexpected circumstances are, though, they do offer us the ability for healing in a way that we didn't even know we needed to be healed and transformation if we're willing to walk all the way through them. You were talking about, it reminds me, we got this really unexpected experience of, so David has a younger brother who is a year, almost exactly a year younger than him. And we hadn't seen him. We'd seen his other siblings, but we hadn't seen his younger brother. And his mom one day sent me a picture. They look identical, (laughs) except for his younger brother doesn't have Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And it was this very weird experience to get to see my son Mm -hmm. without Down syndrome. Mm. And yet to think of, but I wouldn't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Like who he is, his identity and what I love. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to change that. Yeah. And it was just this really beautiful moment for me, but I wouldn't have known that you know, five years ago, four years ago, yeah. I would have thought, oh, if somebody, you know, has a child down syndrome, I would have felt sorry for them. Like, yeah. I, I would have felt sorry for the family and for the child. And, and, you know, I think you talk about that in the book of how God has really just changed your heart and changed your yeah. perspective. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how the book ends really. And I, I talk about this experience I had at a um, theme park for, everybody, um, including people with disabilities in Texas, and how I just felt like all the hairs on my arm stand at attention. And it just felt like, I don't know, the spirit of God just whispered, like, this is it. Like, this is what heaven will look like. This is this is the kingdom of God. It's right here. And it's it's people don't need to be healed or changed in order to belong. We're all invited to come just as we are. And who Anderson is, is he's a whole person and you can't take the Down syndrome away. He would, it would erase the person. Mm -hmm. And um, I think maybe a message of hope in that, whether, you know, we're, we're talking about our kids with disabilities, but also for um, people who have different unexpected experiences is later in that chapter, I talk about how I never really thought about what it means for Jesus to have come back 
with his scars. And he still has those scars because, because what? Because those scars define him. They make up the essence of who Jesus was and who Jesus is. And so like Down syndrome, the unexpected makes up my son and yours. But I also think that our unexpected experiences and then how they transform us, those make up who we are. And that you can't, you can't extract that. They're now married. And if we go through those things well, um, they really can be this point of transformation. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you maybe go for a run or take a nap or read a book or get together with a friend? Well, I know that a lot of people I talk to wish that they had time to better their spiritual, emotional, physical health. And one way that you can do that is through therapy. I am a huge fan of therapy because in our home, it has been something that has made a major, major difference in the way that we approach life and the way that we think and the way that we raise our kids in helping our kids and ourselves to have better emotional language around how we're feeling and not let our feelings just come out sideways as anger. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I would recommend giving BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. You don't have to leave your home. And get this, you don't have to go out searching for a therapist. Not only is it convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule because it's online, but you go to BetterHelp and fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And also, if that isn't a good fit, you can switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. It's time to make time for something that is going to feed your soul and help you to become stronger and healthier as a person, not only emotionally and spiritually and mentally, but also I think there's going to be a trickle down effect physically too. Visit betterhelp.com slash crystal pain today, and you're going to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash crystal pain. Are you ready to turn your home into a sanctuary of productivity and inspiration? Look no further than Home Threads, where functionality meets stylish organization. At HomeThreads.com, you'll discover furniture designed for the ambitious go-getter. From efficient workstations to chic storage solutions, they've got everything you need to make your home a hub of success. I got to order from Home Threads, and I think of them pretty much every single day because I have this beautiful tree that I ordered from them and this stand in my office, and it just adds the perfect touch, and I love it so much. If you'd like to order from Home Threads, head over to homethreads.com forward slash crystal and get a code for 15% off your order. Because where your home supports your dreams, anything is possible. That's homethreads.com forward slash crystal to get 15% off. Homethreads, love where you live. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then, when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. I got to try out Armoire, and I was so impressed. I've tried a few other clothing rental services in the past few years, and 
This one by far has been my favorite. Not only did I love taking the style quiz because it was really enlightening and insightful to me to figure out what my style is And it kind of helped me to refine some things that I didn't realize before. I'm more of a classic style, by the way. But also, I was super impressed within what they curated for me to pick from for my case that they would send to me. And I have to tell you, so I got the armoire case in the mail, which is just a fancy way of saying the bag of clothes that they sent to me. And I have loved everything every single one. In fact, I'm wearing one pair of jeans that they sent me yesterday. I wore jeans and a sweater that they sent to me. And I have just been so surprised how they nailed my style, nailed my size, and have sent me clothes that I have loved. So they have so many different clothes to choose from, so many different styles and sizes. And I love that they're all very high quality. If you would like to try out Armoire. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit Armoire Style forward slash crystal. That's Armoire Style, A R M O I R E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry what to wear again. Try Armoire today. I'd love for you to give us a little peek into your life now. You said Anderson is eight Mm -hmm. and tell us just a little snapshot, like where he's at and and how it is in your life right now. Okay. Uh, Okay. Let's see. Um, So I have two other kids. So I have a 10-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son as well. And um, Anderson's right in the middle and he goes to public school. And he's included in the general education classroom, which is something that's really important to us. And we believe that it's a civil right. Um, and um, he adores going to school. Um, you know, we still have struggles. Um, before, in the beginning, we had a lot of medical struggles. Now it's more um, behavior struggles and just learning how to function in the world. And so um, his, his goal is to get 10 happy faces every day. And as soon as he gets to the car, he goes, Mom! 10 happy faces. And, you know, we'll have a little celebration of some sort. And, um, yeah, he's just, he's a happy guy. He's also an opinionated guy. Um, he lets us know what he likes and what he does not like. Um, and he adores his sister. Oh my gosh. It's the cutest thing right now. My favorite thing is like when he wakes up in the morning, he'll see Violet and go, Violet, you're here. It's so good to see you. (laughs) <laughs> it's just the cutest thing. Um, yeah, he's just, he's got a really good life and it's a different life, mm-hmm. but different does not mean less. Mm-hmm. And that was something that took me some time to to come around to, mm-hmm. you know, different is not less and different is beautiful and he has a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. And how has it been with your 10 year old and your six year old? Yeah. So my six year old, I, I think it's just maybe now starting to understand um, my 10-year-old is very aware, um, and I'll tell you a story that maybe um, will relate. Uh, I remember going out to dinner with a group of teachers when she was in kindergarten, and they were all kindergarten teachers, and they were kind of um, joking back and forth about how self-centered kindergartners are, and it's just, you know, it's normal. It's like a stage of development, right? And I looked at my friend, and I said, I don't think Violet's like that. 
And she looked at me and I, and trust me, I'm not like saying I've had a perfect kid or anything, but I was like, I was genuinely asking, like, is she like that? And I, and I don't see it. And she looked at me and said, that's because Violet has a different life. Mm. And she does. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to say that everything has been wonderful about having a brother who has extra needs and, um, gosh, she got, got carted a lo- around a lot to appointments. But I also think she has learned from a younger age. Um, what really matters in life and that life really isn't all about her. And um, she is the most tender, empathetic, patient, and just sees the good in people. Mm -hmm. And I think that is in large part because of who her brother is. Mm -hmm. I know that Anderson has impacted you to become a real advocate for those with disabilities. And Mm -hmm. I would love for you to share with my listeners just a little bit for those who, you know, like you said, you hadn't had any Mm -hmm. interaction with those with Down syndrome. And I know there are a lot of people who will write me and say, you know, I don't ever know even how to interact. I don't know how to be. I feel awkward. What just encouragement would you have with what you have learned on this journey? For people who are curious about disability and just people who maybe are wondering, you know, that maybe there are just some things that you would love to be able to share and have the platform that okay. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one of the big pieces of my advocacy that I, or I at least hope to help parents with a little bit and at least give them the right resources is inclusive education. Um, in this country, only 18% of uh, teenagers, so high school students with intellectual disabilities are included in the general education classroom. And there was some research done um, out of Vanderbilt a couple of years back where they looked at employment, unemployment, Um, and school inclusion. And there's definitely a tie, right? And so if we want to, um, if we want to see the lives of people with disabilities improve, it has to start at school. Mm -hmm. How do we expect people to hire those with disabilities if they don't know them? Mm -hmm. And employment is just a small part of it. But I do remember, um, I'm going to say a loose quote by a uh, special education professor and researcher, Dr. Eric Carter, he said that segregation in school does not lead to a higher chance of a segregated life. It almost guarantees it. Mm-hmm. That's a loose quote, mm-hmm. but the sentiment is there. And that if we, if we're serious about um, bringing heaven to earth, we need to embrace people with disabilities and give them every opportunity um, to live an integrated life, not a segregated life. Mm-hmm. And so what I would say to people who are curious, you know, if you have a if you have a preschool student and you notice that there's a child with a disability in their class, embrace them. Talk to that child's parent and say, you know, how how can we teach about this at home? Um, if you have questions, you know, ask and um and just try to embrace. I hope that it gets better. I hope that students with disabilities in the classroom become the norm, mm-hmm. you know, or at least more of the norm than mm-hmm. it is right now. Um, because I think that's, um, the biggest chance of success. If we, if we really want to look at people with disability and not as objects of service. So, um, 
oftentimes like we think like, oh, they need this service, right? And we'll just throw all these services at them. No, they need citizenship. They need to be treated like the full human people that they are. And I would like to see that done in school. Mm-hmm. And what about as far as church? Church has been an easy journey for us, actually. And I know that's not everybody's story. Um, I have just, I have talked to, I've never dropped Anderson off at a, and we've moved around a lot because we were military. Now we're not, now we're settled in Florida, but I've never just dropped him off at childcare. I've always had some sort of conversation beforehand and it's always just been really welcomed, but I know that's not everybody's story. And I think one of the the points that churches struggle with is again, that point of service. Well, we're just going to serve people with disabilities instead of looking at, well, what, how are the people with disabilities serving us? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and because if you, if we really step back, you know, my child being in your classroom, your kid's classroom or your kid's Sunday school, it is an opportunity for your child to learn and grow and become more empathetic. And, um, it really just benefits all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. So as we think of the gift of the unexpected and in your life, it was Anderson, mm-hmm. but for many people, it's going to look very different. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of the woman who is listening right now, who she's just gotten some news that's mm-hmm. just making her feel devastated, or she's awaiting a phone call that she's really anxious about, or she's just walking through something that looks completely different than anything she could have ever dreamed or imagined. And it feels like life is just unraveling. Mm -hmm. What words of encouragement, advice would you want to leave her with? So um, in the middle of the book, I talk about these white sands that were behind our house in New Mexico. It was kind of the bright spot of Alamogordo. It's White Sands National Monument. And if you look at those white sands um, on the surface, it just looks like a beautiful scene, right? But really what those white sands represent is a product, they're a product of death and resurrection. So I think millions of years ago, um, that area of New Mexico was covered by water and then the water dried up and it left behind these gypsum deposits. And then the forces of nature came and they broke down those gypsum deposits, right? Through the wind and the rain and, and the destruction, it broke those down. And now we have this beautiful scene that we have today. And so what I would say to the listener who is going through something unexpected is that you may never get your old life back. Those, the water's never coming back. You know, those sand, that the land, what it used to be will never be what it once was, but God brings new things out of the dead spaces in our lives. No matter what that thing is for you, I do believe that we have a God of resurrection and that resurrection is more than about what happens to us at the end of this life. It's about what happens to us in and out and over again in this life. And that new life can come out of those unexpected things. You know, we've focused, I focused this book on my child with Down syndrome and we focused this conversation on my child with Down syndrome, but there have been other things in my life that they're a little bit more tricky, right? And I can't say that those things are good, 
And your listeners don't have to say that the unexpected thing that happened to them is good. Maybe it's not a gift, but there can be a gift that comes out Mm. of it. And that's that new life can be brought out of us. Mm. Yeah, I always think like what Satan means for evil, God can redeem for good. And so, you know, that he is a good father. Mm. And so he is with us in, you know, when you're sitting on the bathroom floor and feeling like life cannot go on. Like this is just the most devastating thing. Like I can never recover from this. He is with you there. And you kind of talk about that in the book, like just seeing him as like the God that is sitting there with you on the bathroom floor. And I, and I feel like that for the woman who is just heartbroken right now, of whatever's going on in her life and how it's so unexpected and just, it feels impossible that I just appreciate how you've brought this of that God is with you. Like mm-hmm. he is Emmanuel. He's God with us and in the hard, in the unexpected, in the unknown, he is with us. And so thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing your story and thank you for you know, letting God use this really difficult experience in your life to be this beautiful gift that you are giving to the world. And um, I just... I so appreciate that and I so appreciate what you have shared and I just appreciate how you are encouraging people all over through your book, The Gift of the Unexpected, discovering who you are meant to be when life goes off plan. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 